G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's my pleasure to welcome onto the airwaves this morning, Charles Newington from Family Voice Australia. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Matt. Nice to hear from you. Yes, it's, uh, it's good to catch up with you again. And we've got some interesting topics we're covering today. Recently, Alicia... Kozakovitz is uh, has been visiting Australia. She's part of the International Centre for Missing and Exploited Children, and she's talking about helping young people stay safe online. What an amazing story she's got. Give us a bit more info on this one, mate. Yes, when she was 13, she was doing what so many uh, kids her age were doing, as she was just online, you know, chatting and stuff like that. And um, over over eight months, um, she thought she was talking to a young boy her age when, in fact, she was just being groomed. I met her and uh, then abducted her and over four days brutally assaulted her. Oh. And it just so happened that somebody um, kind of picked something up and tipped off the FBI and they were able to rescue her. Wow. And, and uh, you know, I mean, things could have finished in such a... T- a, such a worse way, but thankfully she was saved. And now she works with this institute because there are so many other young people that are at, at risk of um, online grooming. And mm. uh, and this this term, it's not necessarily new, but it just struck me in a fresh way, sexploitation, mm. you know, using using sex to exploit uh, children particularly. And you know what? We yeah, really don't realise, we don't realise how much uh, th- this is... Uh, uh, widespread around the world. When you look at smartphone technology and gaming, uh, they're trying to create new pathways for grooming and sexploitation in uh, many different uh, websites these days. And we've really got to be on guard, don't we? Uh, we do, because children as young as six and seven ha- have access to smartphones. Mm. And, you know, somebody just rings through when the child's there and uh, before you know where you are, um, uh, there's a there's a conversation that's leading into a, a really dark place, and the, the organiser Australia has got an e-safety commissioner, um, uh, Julie Inman Grant, and uh, and she's the person who was guesting um, Alicia, and she just talked about what's been happening in Australia. That um, that last financial year, her team investigated more than twelve thousand items of online content of this nature, sort of grooming situations where people groom the child and get they show them the pornography and get the child to act it out. Meanwhile, they're actually capturing it. And wow. then they pop, pop, pop it up on their, on their websites. And when the children are a bit older, early teens, they use that to extort. Mm. And, you know, to extort the child, if you imagine the psychological, a child of that particular age, you know, 12, 13, seeing pictures like that of themselves up, this could just absolutely ruin their sense of psychological well-being and... Um, so that's going on. There were 8,000 of those 12,000 were examples of child abuse. Oh. So, you know, this is a big problem in our, our country. And it's, it's, a, it's an advice to parents. Um, don't let your children use smartphones unattended. You know, it's, they're, they're not toys. Mm. Um, 
if they can go online, they can get they can get into trouble. Mm. And you know, we've had uh, Brad Huddleston on our radio station, author of the book Digital Cocaine, and he has given us advice many times and said you should never allow a child with a smartphone alone in their bedroom. He said it is the worst uh, opportunity for. Uh, for things to go wrong, you know, and so we've got to be policing this as parents. We've got to be educating and uh, speaking into our children's lives about this. And because a lot of parents just leave the smartphone or the the iPad with the kids as a babysitter, but uh, yeah. it's it's basically it, it's like letting a burglar come into your house. You you wouldn't let him in, would you? No, you know, one of our state directors, family voice state directors, who had a special interest in this area because we just uh, a year or so ago we did the keen feed thing, being really concerned about the uh, online pornography and its impact upon children, and he just as a case in point, he just typed into his to his um, his URL line, you know, his his search engine, the phrase uh, "porn hub" to give people some idea of uh, of what uh, what happens when you just up that in he got two thousand two million five hundred thousand um uh, leads from wow. that you know he could go that's the number of websites and links that uh, that picked up that phrase porn mm. rape mm. and 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 uh, so kids you know this is happening in schoolyards and homes all over the country and all over the world and so the federal government is taking online pornography a little more seriously and has set up an inquiry. Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, well, at last, you know, after years of, of, of pushing them on this issue, uh, they are responding and they've set up an inquiry to, uh, to uh, regulate the, the internet with a thing called age verification. So that um, you, if you are not under 18, if you can't prove that you're under 18, if, you're not, if you can't prove that you're over 18, yeah. you can't access certain sites. And the thing is that this just isn't a foolproof system, but it, it just reduces the risk, you know, by a significant percentage. But it doesn't stop it, it doesn't stop grooming, for instance. Mm. You know, so exploitation is still going to happen, and uh, and parents can't assume that if they've got age verification on their phone or whatever that they're going to be that their children are safe. It's just they're safer. Mm. Well, it's good that something is happening, and uh, I would encourage people to. Uh you know, contact Family Voice if you do want to speak up about this issue uh, yeah. because we need to let the politicians know uh, that we do want to have stricter guidelines in our nation and we, we don't want our children uh, being groomed. And, and, you know, so it's important that we, uh, we speak up about this issue, Charles. Exactly, exactly. There's ways they can do that. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Now, in other news, uh, there's lots of escalating conflicts around the world uh, and uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, talk in the news about Syria. What's the latest there, Charles? Well, probably people are aware of the fact that uh, the, the US removed its, its monitoring. It had 2,000 monitors there, and uh, they removed them this, this week. They're just pulling out now. And straight away, um, Turkey, as, as it said it would do, it's very unhappy with the idea that of a Kurdistan on its border because of the history of the tensions between them and the Kurds, and so it's already started bombing and uh, and attacking the Kurds uh, across the border in north north uh, Syria. Uh, that's where the caliphate was, and um, this is a um, you know don't don't be surprised that the Kurds have to find support from somewhere, and where they've turned is. They've turned to the Syrian government um, 
and uh, which is a proxy for Iran. Uh, so they're going to get their arms and they're going to get their resources uh, from that. Now, that's, these these are not their typical allies, by the way. It's, it's Sunnis uh, using resources from from Shiites, but it's it's very very gratefully uh, received by Iran because it expands their influence, and the Iranians are no friends of the Turks. So the region is becoming uh, dry as tinder. You know, when we look drive through our country at the present moment, we see how dry it is and how how easy it is for a for a flashpoint, a kind of a bushfire to occur. That's that's how it is uh, politically over there. And what's happened when you think about the the, the inaction from from uh, of Saudi Arabia and the U.S. on the attacks on Saudi oil refineries. This is and now the withdrawal of the of the U.S. from Syria. This is sending the message to Iran that the U.S. does not intend to intervene, and it can just keep pushing the boundaries, which it will do. It'll just keep pushing those boundaries and expanding its influence. And it's um, <laughs> it's quite it's quite eschatological. <laughs> well, whenever things like this happen in the Middle East. Uh, a lot of Christians start thinking about, you know, the biblical end-of-the-world scenarios and people think about Gog and Magog in the Bible. Um, what's your take on that, uh, Charles? Yeah, well, historically, Gog and Magog, you read this in in the prophets and also in the book of Revelation, that um, that the great final battle of, of um, human history as we as we see it today occurs in, 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 in Israel um, on the, the plain of Armageddon. Uh, Megiddo, and um, the the players include people like Gog and Magog, which have been historically identified with parts of Turkey and uh, southern Russia and that sort of thing historically. And and isn't it fascinating that uh, that now in our time the Russians have got uh, naval bases in Syria um, and they have a presence there and they're they're part of that situation. And the kings of the east are other players in this great end-time scenario, and he's referred to people like the Iranians. And so we're looking at these, the build-up of, of, of what we might call biblical scenarios. And, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an old hand at watching history now, and I, d- I don't think that this is necessarily um, the beginning of the end, as, as it were. But, uh, but it's, there's enough there to make people say, I think we should be more attentive, you know, watching what's happening in the Middle East, because this is kind of like the Middle East is sometimes said, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the great time clock, you know, of, of human history. Mm. Well, it certainly is something we need to be prayerful and attentive about, watching the times and uh, lifting up our eyes and, and, you know, praying for Israel, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, it's been Yom Kippur, um, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of... Uh, talk about what's happening around the world with prayer for Israel right now. So certainly something we need to be uh, keeping an eye on. Uh, shortly we'll, course, have, we'll, we'll have Dr. Just, not so, just for Israel, because the whole region. Yes. You know, the whole region. There are, there are millions of people, millions of lives uh, and families that are in the most terrible vulnerability. Yes, absolutely. Pray for all the... And, you know, lots of Christians, uh, lots of our brothers and yeah. sisters in those regions too. Absolutely. Exactly. Let's pray for all of them. Pray for the leaders, for wisdom. Uh, we'll have Dr. Camille Mudgerly, uh, uh on 2020 up next. I'm sure he'll have something to say about this subject sure. as well. We'll be opening the phone lines as well, so get ready to call in, everyone. Uh, now, the uh, last story we want to chat about with you, Charles, is uh, quite an interesting one about some of the latest inventions. Uh, Big Brother coming to a bedroom near you. Tell us all about this. 
Yes, I think people would be aware of the kind of home automation trend that's been going on for quite a long time. You know, there's been there's been adverts about fridges that that are linked to, to online, so that um, you know you can put your shopping list, or even the fridge can tell you that you're low on milk or low on eggs or something like that, and put the shopping list together for you and and give you the options. Just press go, and it sends it off to your your you know your shopping centre of of choice to get get your gear delivered. So all this stuff has been going on, and it's getting more and more. The more, more, the smart home is getting more and more sophisticated. But Google have now got a patent that uh, allows um, the, the patent on home automation that allows householders to set certain policies on how their home should be run. You know, and that has to do with things like obviously the temperature to the air conditioner and things like that. But also, it, it's things uh, like um, you know. Are the children still watching TV at bedtime? You know, are, are they still talking or are they asleep? Or, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And and so that's because this patent includes cameras, infrared sensors, and mics set up around the home to so-called monitor uh, and provide the data that's needed. The thing is that the, the data doesn't just stop at the householder, and that lots of data is being gathered about how we live in private and that's not always the kind of data we really want to be stored somewhere. So, mm. um, you know, the thing that struck me is that that's why I use the phrase that there's a big brother coming to a bedroom near you. In fact, this patent includes, you know, having that, that stuff in your, own, in your own bedroom, not just, it's just, um, it's just a, a devastating. And to, to think that, that we, are, we have grown accustomed to our private world being so monitored mm. and so controlled. And it's, it's it's for commercial reasons, technically. You know, that's what it's saying for commercial reasons to give you better services and things like that. Mm. But the, the misuse of that data is just so unavoidable. Well, it's fascinating to hear, Charles. Too, you know, I, I had lunch with a friend recently who works uh, in AI, basically, with uh, Queensland Police. Yeah. He's and and he said to me, "Mate, Facebook, Google." You know, these uh, these companies know way much more about you than what you realise. They are tracking yeah. you. They are they're trying to put advertisers in front of you that that are exactly what you need at the right time. They're listening through your phone. They're watching through your TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. We really, we, we really. Uh, and I said to him, "Well, the the amount of times I talk about Jesus, I'm hope I'm hopefully someone will get saved from all the stuff they're hearing." <laughs> but um, the reality is, uh, they are collecting our data. And uh, times have changed, haven't they? Well, they have. You know, uh, you know. I think Australians, for instance, we've been so used to the idea of uh, of freedom, uh, that uh, political freedom, you know, and private freedom. So we, we, you know, we're the freest of societies. But unconsciously, this freedom is actually being subtly taken away from us. And uh, who who doesn't feel, you know, that sometimes that, um, um, you know, if people knew everything about them, uh, they would um, they would they wouldn't want that um, because I mean we all uh, are human beings. We all have our weak moments and things like that. Well, all this sort of data is being collected, and it, what it does is it, it takes away people's freedom to make moral decisions or to act act courageously because they they're, they're really concerned about what what dirt could be dished up about them. And one of the things that it reminds me about is how different God is, you know, because. Um, I've been so struck by the fact that freedom freedom isn't just God's idea. Freedom is his nature. Mm. 
God is a free God and he wants his people to be free. And it comes through in the scriptures in so many beautiful ways. One of the ways I love about it is in the Old Testament, it talks about to Israel had just come out of Egypt. It talks about him putting his blessing on our goings out and our comings in. You know, just the kind of casual business of, but the language describes our freedom, a freedom to come and go and not have God constantly, you know, ticking the naughty book on us. Even though he knows us and knows us so intimately, he knows our private thoughts. I just, uh, it just brings me, I know for time's sake, I've got to get to the point. And it's, it's just paraphrasing 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, which is one of my all-time favorite verses. It says that, therefore, if anyone's in a right relationship with the Messiah Jesus, they get more than a new identity. Everybody's craving identity, but in Jesus, you get more than a new identity. You're actually recreated spiritually you Mm. get a real new start and then he says god does this by reconciling us to himself through jesus and here's the bit that just grabs me not counting our sins against us Mm. he's not storing our faults up someone a big hard drive somewhere to roll out against us and intimidate us and make us to, 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 to dehumanize us and to disempower us because of our past you know, he's not doing that to us. He's, he wants to actually resolve it, deal with it, and, and clear it, clear the slate so that we can live as free men and women. Mm. And that's what he did in Christ. He cleaned the slate. He, cleaned it. he erased the memory of it so that he doesn't hold that stuff against us. And as I look at a world that's, that's holding people's data against them, you know, the more this happens, the more God sounds like good news. Mm, it's so true, Charles. And, you know, I love you talking about how, you know, God's heart is for freedom for us. You know, we, we know the Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is the good news, That's isn't right. it? That our sins aren't counted against us. They're washed away through the blood of Christ. What a great way to, uh, uh, to end the conversation today, Charles. Thank you so much for sharing with us, mate. Okay, good on you. And uh, what's the website for Family Voice if people want to look you guys up? Yep, familyvoice.org.au. And you're on Facebook. Hey. People can look you up, connect yep, with you. Yep. <laughs> Good on you, yep, mate. We, thanks for your time. God bless. You, yep. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.